Welcome back to GlitchCast, episode number 29, almost at that third of a century mark. Ooh. The big whoop. The, the famous third century mark that everyone wants to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, this week we will be reviewing Upgrade. Upgrade! Which, uh, which is a sci-fi revenge movie, I guess is how it yeah, would, in a way. Yeah, it's like sci-fi horror. Yeah, uh, starring what, who everyone likes to call as Discount Tom Hardy, Logan Marshall Green, uh, who was in Prometheus and another another movie that I can't remember, um, and uh, by uh, Leigh who wrote the Saw movies and Insidious, and he wrote and directed this one. Um, he directed Insidious Chapter 3. I honestly don't know if that's the one that I saw earlier this year or not. I don't think it I is. I think you saw are. The Last Key. Oh, okay. And yes, I'm, I'm assuming Insidious right. Chapter 3 was garbage. And I'm just going to consider this his directorial debut. Yeah, that's a fair He's got a long history of working with like James Wan and yeah. just writing a bunch of horror stuff. But directorial, pretty much directorial debut with a good budget, I'm yeah. assuming. Or not even that big of a budget. But Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we'll get to that uh, with yep. a non-spoiler and spoiler review as always. First, movie news. First images from the thriller Bad Times at the El Royale, which stars Chris Hemsworth, Jeff Bridges, John Hamm, Nick Offerman, and Dakota Johnson, and it is written and directed by Drew Goddard, who wrote and directed The Cabin in the Woods. He wrote uh, The Martian. He did some writing for uh, a scrapped Sinister Six movie. He did some stuff for the Daredevil TV series. Uh, But the first images for this have come out. This is... One of the movies that I'm most excited for. Uh, there is John Hamm as a uh, as a car salesman, Jeff Bridges as a reverend or like a a priest. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's not going to be a good priest. Uh, Chris Hemsworth as a charismatic cult leader. Mm. Come on, Nick what Offerman doesn't Nick Offerman doesn't appear anywhere in the images. I saw someone made it. There's a, like a there's like a stuffed bear in the back of one of the images, and they're like, wow, Nick Offerman really brought back the mustard, mustache to. Full, uh, full effect there. But there, there's like, there's a picture of Chris Hemsworth just walking shirtless through like a daisy-filled field or a dandelion yeah, as I looked field. At, as just... I looked at these, of course, the only two pictures of Chris Hemsworth are him shirtless. <laughs> yeah. One in a field looking like a god, and another one in pouring rain with his pants pulled all the way pretty much down to the old happy trail. My goodness. My favorite, um, my favorite thing cast. about it is that like he, oh my God, Russell Crowe's supposed to be in this too. Sweet Jesus. Uh, anyways, this comes out October fifth. It's about seven strangers, each with a secret to bury, meet at a rundown hotel, the El Royale, uh, in Lake Tahoe in 1960s California. Over the course of a fateful night, they all get one last shot at redemption before everything goes wrong. I'm all in. Chris Hemsworth said it's like one of the best scripts that he's had the chance to work with and we know he's had you know at least some good scripts to work with so far so i've probably seen cabin in the woods five times since it came out i saw it twice in the theaters i think you did you go in like i did assuming it was going to be just generic horror movie and walked away like i was blown away god i need to see this movie blown away yeah it was incredible yeah so i am unbelievably hyped for this uh october 5th is the release date this year cool so it's still so far away maybe we'll get a trailer soon uh, next up, Jamie Foxx is set for a Spawn movie, which is going to be directed by the Spawn creator, the comic creator, Todd McFarlane, uh, and 
It's going to be produced by Blumhouse. This is a directorial debut of Todd McFarlane. Uh, Spawn was a movie back in the 90s, right? Maybe a couple yeah, movies, Yeah, based off actually. a comic book uh, yeah. slash graphic novel, I think. Uh, my buddy Luke, who works at Orion, Pitch- Orion Pictures and used to work at Blumhouse Tilt, um, he was super into it. He's got a bunch of crazy, like, exclusive toys. I remember liking the movie when I was a kid. Uh, I forgot the guy who played his name. It's like Michael, Michael J. White. J. White. Yeah, and John Leguizamo played the giant clown. I forget his name, and... I think if I rewatched it, I'd be like, this is horrible. Because from other things I've read, it is really, really bad. But directorial debut of Tom McFarlane. Uh, I mean, yeah. he created it, so he knows it. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess <laughs> there's, there's not a better person. And he's, he's keeping it a tight budget. Apparently, it's gonna, only going to be like 5 to $10 million or something. Um, so I guess Jamie Foxx is there's commanding be a lot all of that. There's going to be this, yeah. But it, Spawn is about like a, a guy that, that dies and goes to hell. Mm-hmm. And then uh, gets tricked into being like the the I don't even know what you would call it like the, the little little henchman for like hell. I don't you know, remember. <laughs> um, but like the main the one of the one of the main things about this character is that his wife after he dies starts hooking up with his best friend, which is just like a yeah, hilarious, that's like, right weird thing. To Do throw you in see there. Jamie Fox as like a badass? I don't. I don't. No, no. He's he's I, a great actor. Yeah, very incredible. charismatic and entertaining. But yeah, I don't see him as intimidating or anything. Or like ever a, since he was motherfucker Jones from Horrible <laughs> Bosses, and also this extremely lame villain in I think Amazing Super Amazing Spider Man Two. Oh yeah, uh, Electro Man Electro, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was kind of let down by this casting, but apparently McFarlane's been writing the script for a while, and he's always had Jamie Foxx in mind, because Fox approached him a while back, and he's kind of written it for him in mind, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, next up, Toy Story 4 uh, has received massive rewrites after the departure of the original screenwriters Rashida Jones and Will McCormick. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, Rashida Jones making some comments about why they left, talking about sort of the uh, Pixar's history with a lack of female and persons of color uh, writers and creatives behind their films. And so, like, that was a this was like one of the first. And they left mainly because of creative differences, but then they she left a little jab at that sort of. But apparently, they're just like scrapping almost all of the work that they did. Wow. And when they first came on, they said that like they had a really good idea, and that's like why they hired them is because they had like a great idea that they thought would warrant making another Toy Story movie. Granted, I'm sure Pixar just wanted to make another Toy Story movie anyways, but it's interesting to see that they're just rewriting everything because these are two pretty talented people yeah. as the the previous writers. So I'm I'm wondering if like I just I I just don't quite get it. I, I wonder if they're going just more of like a, a money grabbing route, and maybe it was a more creative working by Rashida Jones and Will McCormick before that like it wasn't like the typical Pixar stories even though Pixar stories are pretty good um yeah but maybe it was like a little bit different a little bit more out there reminds me of a certain movie that we reviewed last week and what happened with those uh I guess not screenwriters but directors (laughs) got a little too far from what the uh, the studio heads wanted and they got fired yeah that's a good point yeah just power hungry they want the cookie cutter tried and true formula don't want to try anything sexy yeah. I don't try anything sexy with Toy Story, but um, <laughs> you know what I mean. What happened at the end is he went to college, right? Yeah, he went to co- – I think Toy Story 3 was all about him going to college, throwing out the toys, and yeah. then they go to, like, some, like, daycare or something, and then, like, 
Hugsy the bear or whatever the hell his name is. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, tries right. to get them incinerated, which was, like, that was an eff- that was very dark. affecting <laughs> emotional you, scene. Did you see the YouTube where a guy edited the video of Toy Story and he made it end after that scene? <laughs> and and the mom was watching it and was like, what the hell, Bobby? I don't know why I did Hank Hill there as a female, but it was like, this is the saddest thing I've ever seen. That would be traumatic if that's how it ended. Yeah, um... But I, don't, I mean, obviously they they survived, and I, I think yes. Yes, I don't I don't really know what else happened. I don't want another Toy Story to be entirely. I don't either. Honest. It's a great trilogy. I don't I don't need anything else. Uh, Pixar is out of like the past ten years. I think out of eleven Pixar films, seven of them have been sequels. Yeah, which is they, kind of sad. They've, they've kind of fallen. And considering like one of those originals was the Good Dinosaur, which kind of sucked. It was pretty great. disappointing. Yeah. Cars two and three, unforgivable. Ugh. I never even watched Cars 3. Cars 2 is just, like, one of the worst movies ever. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> um, final note on Pixar. We need to get a bet going since we often make little bets on this industry. If there's ever a tattoo that I'm going to get, I'm not a tattoo guy, it'd be the Andy kind of written backwards on mm. my foot. So uh, we'll make a bet out of that someday. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. As in, like, I'll have to get that tattoo if no, I lose the it. bet? <laughs> Okay. I'll get it. All right. Uh, I'll think of another Pixar-related uh, thing to to get. Uh, n- next up, Deadpool two and Hunt for the Wilder People's Julian Dennison has joined Godzilla vs Kong, which is going to be what is that? Two years away? Yeah, yeah two, two years away, three. which is uh, twenty twenty. Godzilla I believe. two coming first. Yep. Um. So this also stars Millie Bobby Brown. Kyle Chandler, uh, directed by Adam Wingard, who made your next, the guest. Uh, he did a little segment for the VHS movies. Uh, he did the Blair Witch reboot a couple years or last did you year, see two that? years ago. Um, I did not. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I mean, it was fine. It was just underwhelming because I it yeah. wasn't anything new. Yeah. Like if it, if it was the original Blair Witch, cool. It would would have done yeah. well, but it wasn't. It was just kind of like a rehashing. So. Mm. Well, I like this kid. He's he's. I think he's gonna break. He's breaking out. I mean, Deadpool was a big role for him, and this will be even bigger. Uh, you, yeah, you like this dude. Do you think uh, his role in this movie will just be him being another shithead teenager? <laughs> I, got, I, I assume yes. <laughs> he's really cornered the market. Him and Eleven from uh, Stranger Things will uh, yeah. strike up a romantic childhood relationship. Ah, yes, indeed. Uh, next up, James Marsden has agreed to star in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Uh, so this is going to be sort of like the Detective Pikachu movie, where it's like a live-action animation hybrid kind of thing. Mm, yeah, um, great. And uh, I, so, okay, I don't know if I'm interested <laughs> in this at all. <laughs> so you got you got Ryan Reynolds in Detective Pikachu. No, voicing Pikachu, I believe. Yeah, he's voicing Pikachu. James Marsden starring in Sonic the Hedgehog. Is he voicing him, or is he just going to be Sonic's human buddy? <laughs> He uh, uh, he he is going to be Sonic's human. Oh my god! It doesn't even say actually. Yeah, no, it doesn't say. So I don't know. I'm assuming then, he's not going to be Sonic. I think I think they already got the voice for Sonic, but I don't know who it is. And then we've got a Mario animated movie. I don't think it's a hybrid. I think with the Despicable Me people behind yeah, it's it, the and Illumination Minions people behind Entertainment. It. Yeah. This does not bode well for the video game to movie industry for the next couple years. It's it's an interesting 
I feel like video game movies have been more of like that PG thirteen range, you know, like mm-hmm. sort of like like a, like action entertainment kind of stuff for the most part. And they've all pretty much failed, and it feels like now we're getting, you know, like obviously like like the Sega Genesis, the N sixty four kind of games getting transferred into this, and yeah, it, it like, are, do you think they're doing that because maybe they're just going for like that PG st- money? A, yeah, it, that yeah. Might, I mean, that could actually just make yeah. more sense to make money. Yeah, the the thirty to forty year olds now that have kids just yeah get them because kids these days aren't growing up on Sonic and Mario, yeah. they're growing up on Candy Crush and Candy whatever. Candy Crush, yeah, yeah. Can't believe they haven't Where's, made a Candy Crush movie yet. Oh, that's next. If Emoji Movie could happen. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe it's a way for n- nostalgic-riddled parents to shove uh, what they grew up with down their kids' throats. Yeah. It's got to be it. Like, I-, I have no interest in this. In any of those three that we just talked about, I have no interest at all. But I guess if I had two kids, I'd be like, you guys got to learn about Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Got to go fast. Yeah, yeah. And that would be the easiest way, I guess, mm-hmm. to get them into it. Because if you try and put a outdated video game system in front of them, be like, what is this? Yeah. No. Um, all right. So next up, Netflix has agreed to a theatrical release for Orson Welles's final th- film. Orson Welles's final film. The Say other that si- ten times fast. <laughs> the other side of the wind. Uh, Orson Welles died a long time ago, and uh, this was like a uncompleted thing. And I think oh. Peter Bogdanovich sort of th- came together with a bunch of people to try and finish it based on like what they had, and. Uh, Orson Welles is like one of the most, I guess, famous filmmakers or directors of all time. He made Citizen Kane. I think Citizen Kane is uh, overrated, quite okay. a bit. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I mean, like, this is cool. This is like a cool thing that they're doing, and it's good that Netflix is putting it into theaters because, like, does anyone want to watch like a forty-year-old, fifty-year-old movie uh, in black and white uh, or thirty, however many years yeah. old in black and white on uh, Netflix? So will this be, like, this is a Netflix production that they're agreeing to distribute to theaters? Mm -hmm. Yes. This has got to be the first of its kind from Netflix, right? I think Netflix did, uh, no, because they, I think they put Beasts of No Nation, Nation. the Idris uh, Idris Elba movie, uh, into theaters for, like, a little bit. Because I I think for some of them, they put them into theaters in New York and L.A. for, like, two weeks or, like, maybe a month. Whatever okay. the qualifying amount of time is to be qualified for Oscars uh, awards. Gotcha. So I think maybe that's why they're doing this. As a yeah. self-proclaimed movie buff, I've never seen Citizen Kane, Casablanca. Um, yeah, guess I should probably watch those. But yeah, I don't have too much to say. I'll, I'll be honest. I I only watched Citizen Kane because of a film class that I took my freshman year. There it in is. College. You hate old movies. And uh, yeah, and it sucked. And the my professor was like the most pretentious dude of all time. His name was like uh, Kiel Kjell Johnson, and I was like, figure out your name. Are you foreign? You're not foreign. He was just like this bald dude that wore like old man golf caps all the time. I was like, you suck. But yeah, Citizen Kane overrated. Uh, next up, New York. Ju- oh, we scra- yeah, we scrapped this news story last week. So last week, uh, Sesame Street sued the Happy Time Murders movie, the uh, the the R-rated raunchy Muppets-esque movie, uh, mm-hmm. because they used the tagline "No Sesame, All Street." And so Sesame Street sued oh. them. It, it's this weird thing because Jim Henson, the Jim Henson Company, created. Uh, the Muppets and Sesame Street, and then they like sold the rights or something, and whoever owns Sesame Street now just 
purchases the puppets or something from the Jim Henson company. So, like, technically the Jim Henson company doesn't own them, I guess, uh, which is kind of weird. Even though The Happy Time Murders is directed by Jim Henson's son, it's a whole weird, like, web of shit going on. Oh, my goodness. But anyways, a New York judge has ruled against Sesame Street in Happy Time Murders' favor, saying they can keep using that tagline. There's some rumors, there's some thoughts, some talks that this was just all a PR stunt. That I believe. That I believe. Uh, I thought they were just suing him because the Muppets look like Muppets. I didn't know it was because of the tagline. They literally use Sesame in the title. Yeah. I kind of I kind of see their point. You don't want Sesame on something like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I definitely yeah, I definitely see their point, but it feels PR stunt. Yeah, it fe- it does feel like a PR stunt. It does like it, like stunt. Sesame Street was never going to win that lawsuit. Yeah, and and like the damage was already done. They knew this movie was in the works for a long time. So I'm uh, I'm not looking forward to reviewing this because <laughs> you know we will. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, last movie news story of the week: Legally Blonde three is getting fast tracked. Uh, they found two writers to start adapt or to start writing a script for it. Uh, the plot is under wraps currently, but they want to do it in the same vein as the first one, I guess. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is going to be back. I don't quite understand. I mean, I guess, I guess I could actually see why they're doing this in the political landscape that we're in right now with just toxicness everywhere and dumb people sort of being at the, the front of the public mind i could understand reese witherspoon's character being like a funny character to watch on screen as someone who's never seen one or two oh i don't have too much to say oh my are, God. are those are those good uh the first one's pretty funny actually the yeah. first one the first one's a good good like early 2000s funny flick um yeah. i don't know if i've ever seen the second one the second one uh, the first one she is in college going to law school but she's like this barbied up woman uh, yeah. the second one, I think she goes to work in DC or something, but I, I've never seen it. And I think it was some diminishing returns with the second one, but, yeah, uh, could be, could be time to bring her back yeah, in this, I, in this political climate. It could, it could make sense. Uh, all right. So that's it for movie news. Some TV news stories this week. Amazon's $1 billion Lord of the Rings series is reportedly going to run for five seasons. Uh, the news story was on maxim.com. An interesting source for that one, so I don't know how Isn't much that we're that buying. defunct men's magazine. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how much we're how much we're buying in to this, but reportedly it's going to run for five seasons. We know that the first season is going to be about a young Aragorn and whatever mm-hmm. adventures he has. Uh, and then just go from there. But apparently five seasons for a billion dollars. A billion dollars isn't just for production; that's for everything, marketing, and all that other stuff. And Amazon is pretty notorious for putting a ton of money like extra money into uh marketing and stuff so so like we can't get like overhyped and be like oh they're getting like 30 million dollars per episode but conceivably they could get like 10 to 15 million dollars per episode which is essentially what the highest budget for game of thrones is yeah i read like the blackwater episode some of the biggest episodes you've seen on game of thrones this is going to be more than that so Mm -hmm. They are going all in on this. They needed their big show. They have their big franchise. Time to put money behind it and see if it uh, see if it lights up. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I really don't have I, much more to say about it. I, like, I can't I'm, like I'm not that excited. <laughs> I'm not either. And I I loved Lord of the Rings. I just like absolutely. It's one of the best. Like the the three besides the Hobbit. Like they were in big a huge part of my childhood. Yeah. Amazing, incredible. 
I, I don't know. And, and even, like part of me is like, do I want Peter Jackson back? I don't know if I'd be more hyped if he was coming back or like I want to see someone's vis- else's vision behind yeah. this. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I just don't and, really care. And even if um, even if like even though Game of Thrones is ending and I can't like we kind of need that like yeah. medieval style itch that sword fighting itch that mythical mm-hmm. fantasy element i just like i i don't i don't know if i care like all no. that much like I, if i really need this and it feels kind of weird. weird yeah i should feel super pumped but the original trilogy trilogy is almost just so perfect it's just it's too soon it's yeah. too soon yeah but alas we're getting it so yeah. hyped. <laughs> no, no complaining i guess uh, next up, this was huge news last week. Uh, Roseanne political. has been canceled. Uh, ABC scrapped it about like I don't know, was it the next day? A couple hours after uh, yeah, yeah. after Roseanne Barr, the creator and star of the series, uh, had a pretty racist tweet that she put out. She was in a pretty uh, what's the word for this? She was not in her uh, not in her best state of mind, according to her. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she she said that she was on Ambien, and that's what happened uh, to make her do racist tweet. Did you but see Ambien's on, response? Yeah, 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 yeah. According to uh, our pharmacists and creators, uh, racism is not a side effect of our drug. <laughs> Fire. Um, but anyways, she's she's in in the recent history. She's had some uh, problematic. Views yeah, I don't know why takes. people are surprised. And uh, I, I think people are, were surprised that ABC canceled it so fast because, like, Last Man Standing just got brought back and Tim Allen's a pretty staunch, yeah, uh, right-leaning kind yeah. of person. Um, granted, I don't think he's anywhere near, like, Roseanne's level of, like, offensiveness. Uh, and, like, I, it obviously brings in a pretty big audience. It was... It was doing pretty well for like a revival of a show. It was like their, that their top quite, show. Quite at the honestly, moment. I don't know anyone that like remembers it or watched it. So no. uh, older audience. Yeah, um, but there's also also apparently might be happening. They might bring back the entire cast except for her and do the show without her, or like give them another show and do it with her because because it, she's let, executive... let's be honest, the the rest of the cast wasn't doing much besides yeah. John Goodman. I'd yeah. love to see John Goodman out of there, like do better stuff because he's incredible. Yeah, um, but it sucks for the cast. Yeah, I know it, it does really suck. I'm sure ABC is probably on the hook for contracts and stuff, anyways. Yeah. But for canceling because I think they had already renewed for another season, so. Uh, so that could also make sense why they're trying to do like a little spinoff or something. Um, I saw today that Wanda Sykes apparently is part of the new season, and she's like, "No matter what, I'm pulling out." Like, yeah, she quit like immediately. Yeah, when she saw the tweet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't care, but funny <laughs> to see. Funny to see. <laughs> yeah, that ambient response. <laughs> uh, next up in TV news. For uh, Mind Hunters, for your consideration, kind of events that's going on uh, this week for Emmy consideration. Uh, <clears throat> they're doing this whole thing. They were doing some the, some press conference esque stuff, some live interviews with David Fincher and uh, Jonathan Groff, who's the star of the series. And apparently, David Fincher, who's notorious for shooting takes, just an absurd amount of takes, reportedly for Zodiac and Gone Girl, he shot fifty takes for every single scene. Um, for TV, the idea is like you can't shoot that many takes because you're under a bit more of a time crunch and you have to shoot more and budget, hours and yeah. stuff. Uh, but apparently, he shot a nine-minute take 
that's nine nine whole minutes, no cuts, uh, 75 times, which is insane. Uh, and then apparently he also didn't let Cameron Britton, who played uh, who played the, the the very tall, the very large serial killer yep, guy yep. Um, that is sort of recurring throughout the season, uh, he didn't let him talk to anyone else on set. <laughs> so doing some method at, acting at a certain point. Is David Fincher just a dick, or does he know what it takes to get, like, the best performances out of people? Or is it just, like, a, a, a crossover of the two? I'm wondering which take it was. Probably the first time you talked to Cameron Britton as that serial killer. That is a haunting scene. He kind of g- describes some of his kills. Probably the, the time he killed his mother. Uh, whew, that is... I mean, it was effective. Yeah. Uh, that scene st- stuck with me. That that whole season stuck with me. So, yeah, but I hear you. That is, that's ridiculous. It's, it's it's absolutely insane, and uh, I, I read someone did a little research, and they said that Brad Pitt is, like, the only actor to appear in, like, a significant role in more than one David Fincher film or production, hmm. which is kind of, like, a testament to Brad Pitt, I guess, that, like, he can he can withstand all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why mine under two's taking so long. Yeah, maybe. Uh, all right. Uh, last news story of the week: Lock and Key, which was originally bought by Hulu, and they made a pilot for it, and they had ordered it to to uh, for a season, um, and then they passed up once they saw the pilot. Uh, has been picked up by Netflix. Ooh. And so this Lock and Key is a comic or graphic novel, I don't know, honestly, uh, from Stephen King's son, Joe Hill, uh, who I guess is also a pretty prolific sort of horror sci-fi kind of writer, apparently. Okay. Um, and the the series is going to be from him and Carlton Cuse, who was behind Lost and... Mm-hmm. Bates Motel. Yeah, other stuff. And uh, so it, 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 this is an interesting move because... They're take Netflix is taking this series from Hulu, which had this whole cast behind it. It had Andy Machete, who made it mm-hmm. uh, as the director for the pilot and as an executive producer for the series. And they're scrapping all of it. They're getting rid of it all. They're not even taking the pilot, not even keeping any of the same actors. They're redoing everything, but they're ordering it to series already. Wow. Just without even seeing a pilot? Without, I, I, I'd imagine they saw the pilot and they were like, ah, we can do it better. We can redo or, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We wow. don't want Hulu scraps. Awesome. Um, Lock and Key is a horror thriller sort of series um, about, uh, I guess, fantasy series would probably put it better. Uh, it revolves around three simbly- siblings who, after a gruesome murder of their father, move to their uh, ancestral home in Maine, only to find the house has magical keys that give them an array of powers. Uh, little do they know, a demon also wants the keys and will stop at nothing to attain them. Hell yeah! <laughs> it sounds it sounds pretty cool. I'm I I mean I love the people behind it. I really enjoyed Bates Motel. I like Carlton Cuse. Um, if they have something from Andy Muschietti, obviously we trust him too. Yeah, yeah, they could whip this up and have a a, a new horror show for us on Netflix. Yeah, what I was reading yes. was from some people were, were they were worried that Netflix was scrapping everything because they want to make it even more kid centric, oh, sort of like Stranger Things, and make it like Stranger Things is great, but they apparently like the kids are a little bit older and stuff in in the in Lock and Key, so mm. that's what some people were worried about. But I, I don't know, I trust Netflix. Even they if we get another it. Stranger Things, I'll take it. I love. They Stranger don't need things. another Stranger Things. Like yeah. as far as like kids and stuff, give us give us something adulty. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so that is it for news this week. We got two trailers for some upcoming movies to talk about. First up is Suspiria, which is a remake of a 1970s film from uh, Dario Argento, who's a pretty famous like Italian filmmaker that was very mm-hmm. aggressive, I guess, in his filmmaking. If, uh, evocative, provocative, if we want to call it that. Um, this is from Luca Guadagnino. I think that's how you say his name. Who made Call Me By Your Name. So oh. this is quite a quite a departure from sort of that romantic drama realm uh, into a, a a very intense, frightening kind of horror situation. So this is about uh, a, a dance company or a dance school um, with with an ambitious young dancer, uh, an intense I guess director, and potentially some sort of like witch coven kind of thing going on. Um, yeah. Chloe Grace Moretz is in it. I couldn't get any of that from the trailer. <laughs> yeah, <did you? laughs> Dakota Johnson so is in it. You went over it. Tilda Swinton is in it, and um, it premiered, or maybe it debuted footage at South by Southwest, and people were like, "Holy shit, this is like intense and kind of disturbing." Um, the original was known for not really having like the greatest plot. It was a pretty thin plot, but like the images, the the, the color palette, and all that stuff. Um, was sort of what made it impressive. Um, and so apparently this is going a different route from the story of the original. So mm. people are kind of excited because they're like, well, it doesn't really need a remake. But since we've seen this trailer, we see that it's different. It's not like drenched in like a red color. It's not like all that kind of like stuff. It's very grainy. It feels like it was shot on like film probably, sort of a 70s style look to it. Um, it looks just like intense. It reminded me of Mother when I watched the trailer, oh, and I was yeah. like, that looks creepy, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on, but I can tell this is going to be one hell of a watch. So yeah. it didn't really get me hyped because I didn't know all of that behind mm-hmm. it, like who's behind it, the talent, the story, the, uh, the story behind the movie. So now I'm a little more pumped. Yeah. Tilda Swinton always kills it. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, and then Tom York is doing the uh, the score for the movie from Radiohead. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's a depressing, scary music maker. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. And then the other trailer that debuted uh, was for Widows, which is from Steve McQueen, who directed Hunger, Shame, uh, Michael Fassbender's sort of star maker movies, uh, and 12 Years a Slave, which uh, won an Oscar for Best Picture. And... Uh, or I take that back. I actually think it won the Oscar for Best Director. Not, I don't know. It was some whole thing. Uh, but anyways, great director. Uh, from Gillian Flynn as the writer who wrote Gone Girl, um, is writing the upcoming Sharp Objects series. It's going to be on HBO with Amy Adams. Uh, An absolutely crazy cast. This cast is out of this world. You got Viola Davis. You got Colin Farrell. You got Michelle Rodriguez. Okay. Uh, yeah, Daniel Kaluuya, John Bernthal, Carrie Coon, Liam Neeson, uh, oh Robert God. Duvall, uh, so many other names. Um, who else is in here? Garrett Dillahunt, who's like a bit player in a lot of stuff on some TV shows. Brian Tyree Henry, Henry who plays uh, Alfred on Atlanta. Yeah, Lucas Haas, who is a part of Leonardo DiCaprio's posse. Um, this is about four women. Nothing in common with each other except their husbands' criminal activities. So their husbands did crime shit together, and something happens to their husbands. 
I guess you, you probably guess that from the title of the movie. Spoiler. And the women take it upon themselves to sort of take what their husbands were planning to do, I believe, is sort of what I get the vibe from this. This is a, this is a very different movie, I think, from Stephen Queen. It's much more thriller and sort of, I think, like contemporary and upbeat and intense. Um, I don't know if I've ever been like I. I am so pumped for this. I didn't know there was that like they were. They didn't even have that. All I, the people you just named in the trailer. I know. There's not I enough time know. to drop that much talent yeah. in one trailer. Holy shit! Yeah, it looks awesome. I took from the trailer like that it was a revenge story, but I, I didn't watch close enough, and I only watched it once. Maybe they are completing the job that their husband started. Yeah. Wow. Um. And it, it, what I loved about the trailer is that I think Daniel Kaluuya is going to be like a bad guy in this. Yeah, he looked. He looked mean. <laughs> yeah, and he lo- he looks great. There's what there's one scene where like a dude is like on the ground and Danny Kaluuya like lays down next to him, but like on his stomach and like with his like head in like his arms and just like and smiles. I, and, and I, I was, think like, the dude was in a wheelchair and now is in a bowling alley. Lane. Yeah, I'm like I don't even can't even imagine where this scene's going. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm so goddamn hyped for this. I'll put aside my uh, my hatred for I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> and I'll put aside my hatred for, I, I shouldn't say hatred, my disdain for Viola Davis. Oh, okay. okay. She's a great actress. I just don't like her. Yeah. There's just something about the way that she does it that I just don't like. But everyone else, I love this. I kind of know where you go. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. <laughs> but, yeah, this looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, so this it, that comes out November sixteenth. That's probably going to be an awards player, would be my guess. Uh, Suspiria comes out November second, so just a little bit after Halloween. Um, all right, that's it for new trailers and upcoming movies. We're gonna bring back what you're watching for uh, for a quick quick little recommendation period right here. Yeah, um, let's go with what we watched together yeah. recently. Excuse me, <clears throat> we watched Thoroughbreds. Yes, we did. Um, Stars who? Uh, Anya, Anya Taylor, Taylor Joy. Joy. Yep. I and the other girl's name. Olivia Cook. <laughs> there it is. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy's in The Witch and uh, Morgan. Olivia Taylor Joy. Olivia Cook. Oh, Jesus. Olivia Cook. <laughs> Olivia Cook. Was in Bates Motel. Yeah. And Ready Player One. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. As the very ugly, deformed scar on her face. Yes. Woman. Unlovable woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she has to live in VR because she's so ugly. <laughs> Um, but Thoroughbreds is about, like, these two high school age girls, uh, Olivia Cook plays sort of like a, like a sociopath, kind of like sociopath, a weird yeah. girl, uh, and then Anya Taylor-Joy is, like, this very rich girl, um, who has a stepdad that she does not like, to put it simply, Olivia Cook, and it, it, I don't even, like, know how to talk about it without giving stuff away, they just kind of strike up this weird friendship very dark friendship, and it's it, it's just like this. It's this dark comedy. Uh, it's Anton Yelchin's last role, by the way. Anton Yelchin was in R.I.P. Charlie Bartlett. He was in Star Trek. Uh, he was in man. He's been in a lot. Uh, but yeah, he died a Green couple. Room. He died a couple of years ago, and this was his last film. Um, but he's great in it. The the two female leads are great in it. Uh, Paul Sparks, who was in House of Cards, is the stepdad. Uh, he's great. He just, he just excels at like this kind of like weird dick like older man role. And yeah, I don't think he's great in House of Cards. I loved him in Boardwalk Empire, but I really think he's good in this. He was, <laughs> like, all, he was also a terrible stepfather in The Night of. Yes, he was. Yeah. pretty much the same character. <laughs> yeah. um, I I did enjoy this. It was it was really dark and 
very funny. <laughs> and yeah, not something that you want to watch if you're trying to have a good good time and like think happy thoughts the rest of the night. Yeah. <laughs> it's messed up. Um but it's st- it's still super entertaining and yeah. I I honestly is it might be one of my favorites of the year to be honest. Yeah. I I loved it. Rapid fire review. Go. Uh A minus. B plus. Uh I watched You Were Never Really Here which is um j- say his name. Jesus. Jo- Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix as a bounty hunter kind of that goes after people who have sex basically sex traffickers and it wasn't very good i was super hyped for it have you, seen, you saw the trailer for this right yep yeah it looks uh, intense. It, was, it was more of like an art house movie it was really slow super slow artistic shots really slow burn i think i would have liked it if i thought that's what it was but i was expecting a really intense you know actiony type taken movie with yeah our boy mr phoenix and i was pretty disappointed it was like a c for me mm. yeah wow you should give it a watch and, and see if you agree. It, I, I was really disappointed by it. Um, I also watched Love, Simon, which is about a kid who is gay in high school and is trying to come out. Uh, there's another guy who posts that he's gay on this school drama blog, gossip blog, and he starts uh, becoming a little e-pen pal with the guy and uh, kind of about a kid discovering sexuality in high school and the uh, pains of, of being gay and being in the closet. And I thought... This would never be something that I'd watch, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, actually. It got some good buzz from critics, and uh, I really liked it. Is this yeah. on your radar to watch? Yeah. I it, When it came out, I sort of heard that, like, it was different from, like, these other sort of coming out and, like, I guess, like, like gay sexual discovery kind of movies because, like, it wasn't, like, super serious. It was more, like, sort of yeah. like a fun kind of it's a comedy thing, which... I guess like I like I don't know I guess they're, they're probably I don't think there really has been any sort of like like gay coming out movies like that so yeah so it's a little it, more it's lighthearted a, yeah it's a, a different kind of story and different kind of like teen high school story so Nick Robinson I absolutely hated this guy in <laughs> Jurassic World so I went in like oh god let's see if this guy could win me over and he did uh, he was good as Simon Jennifer Garner's in it Josh Duhamel and a couple other up and coming teens it was really good I'll give it like a, a B plus uh, recommendation: Nick Robinson was in a movie called *The Kings of Summer* uh, okay. a few years ago. Nick Offerman is in it, and I think Alison Brie is in it uh, along with some. But it's it's mainly like a like a like he's another like high school kind of movie. But it's uh it's really good. And oh, I've heard of that one. They spend a lot of time in the forest. Yes. Yeah. 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 Great movie. One more what you're watching from me and a recommendation: *The Terror* is about a failed expedition back in the early 1900s. I think it's the Franklin Expedition. Uh, they're trying to chart a path from where, like, England to China or something, and they got to go through frozen bodies of water to get to it. They get lodged in the ice for years when trying to wait out the cold winters and hope for a warm summer. It never really happens, and uh, things go really, really badly. They, you know, kind of what happens after years on the ice with a hundred men and no women and no food and does cannibalism ha- does cannibalism happen? There may or may not be a monster uh, hunting them. Uh, it is a, a really good 10-episode miniseries on AMC that did so well, both critically and I think with viewers, that they're turning it into an anthology series. So something else is coming from the terror. Um, obviously won't continue the story, but I really recommend it. I had a lot of fun with it. I, Very dark uh, and depressing. <laughs> I watched the first episode, and uh, it lost me. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't do it. It's a slow burn. I'd say give it three or four before you uh, make a, full, a final judgment. That is a, that is a commitment. It is, it is, but I'm telling you, it, it was worth it. I, I really enjoyed it. 
All right. Uh, anything else you were watching? Anything uh, recent that you've been digging? I uh, no, not really. It's been uh, just been a, a downtime for me. I watched the first few episodes of Arrested Development. I think the first three. Oh, the new season. Yeah, of the new season. Did you watch any of the recut? No, I'm not mm-hmm. bothering okay. with that. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's it's all right. It's not like not great, mm-hmm. but it, it's definitely better than season four. Um, yeah. I think it, I think the first two episodes are kind of like eh, like it, it could be a little bit worrying. Like oh no, it's gonna be like kind of season four thing again. But then you hit episode three, and like that's when finally everyone is back together, and it's 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 a uh, it's a it's a riot again. So nice. so yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season whenever I whenever I watch it, and then whenever they release the other half of the season. <laughs> All right, well, let's upgrade this convo. Yeah. All right, so that is it for what you're watching. Time for our review of Upgrade. Starting now. We'll do non-spoilers first, and then we'll do spoilers. Uh, all right, so Upgrade is about a man, Logan Marshall Green, who was in Prometheus? He was in The Invitation, little little indie horror movie there. Uh, he was in a great show, apparently uh, on Stars called Quarry, about like a PTSD-addled Vietnam hmm. veteran. Um, I've heard of it. But everyone like again likes to call him like the Discount Tom Hardy because he lo- kind of looks like Tom Hardy, kind of like has the same voice. Kind as of, him. he um, really does. Yeah. Uh, and uh, basically, it's this guy. It's set in like the near future. It doesn't. It doesn't give you an exact year, but the tech is pretty advanced. Um, but he's a mechanic, and he likes working on cars. He doesn't like the advancement of technology or using technology, and you know, getting rid of humans' jobs. Uh, and uh, he takes his car to um, this guy, and then on driving back from that, him and his wife are in a like a self-driving car and it starts mm-hmm. going rogue and they crash and then someone comes and kills the wife and shoots him and he is paralyzed and luckily the guy that he gave the car to um has a little has a little uh, little chip little little, little bug, bug little bug yeah. thing uh that they put on his spine because he became paralyzed uh and all of a sudden he's able to walk move all that fun stuff um, but he has to keep it under under wraps because it's sort of like a top secret kind of technology and kind of illegal, I guess, that he would be experimenting on people with that kind of thing without the proper patents and all that stuff. Uh, and basically, this technology, you know, improves his life, lets him walk, lets him have full control of his limbs again, uh, but it also can control every aspect of his body. You can probably guess where it's going. Uh, basically, he tries to get revenge for the people that killed his wife and uh and we go from there so without spoiling at all what what did you think about this movie i was surprised and enjoyed it i think once i saw the early buzz that this movie wasn't bad i got really hyped for it i mean from the trailer i thought it just looked like a generic action movie that would be you know dumpster dumpster bin or you know walmart two dollar bin and it was better than that. It was it was pretty good. Uh, I thought the first third dragged hard, but once the upgrade kicks in, uh, I had a lot of fun with it. What about you? Um, I wish I could say that I had fun with it. Um, it feels like it's just it 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 felt confused on how it wanted to commit to the tone. Did yeah. it want to be all very very B movie, very campy kind of stuff, very just not like over serious and kind of funny because there were certain funny moments in this, but then there were other moments where I was just kind of like, 
This feels like it's taking itself way too seriously. It's trying to deliver this like sort of anti-technology message at the same time that feels kind of just like hammered into my fucking head at this point from like every technology movie and it does it in a way that like is not as effective as something like Ex Machina um, Black Mirror yeah um, the performances from I shouldn't say the performances the performance from Logan Marshall Green the is one, yeah. like the the outstanding aspect of this movie he has fight scenes where he looks reluctant like he's not like the, he's not like this Liam Neeson badass revenge kind of CIA agent he was a mechanic nothing more than that and so when he meets certain people that he would like to take revenge on, he kind of lets this the the upgrade, the STEM technology, take over his body and start fighting for him. And he, the entire time, he's doing he's doing this choreography, this this fight choreography. But he has this look on his face at times where he's like looking away and like and very like reluctant and like, and, yeah. ah, what am I doing? I don't want to do this. And it's just like outstanding how he was able to pull that off while doing, I guess, the stunts or the the fighting. Yeah, there's nothing, no one else in this movie that stands out. Um, the only thing, the other person that stood out is kind of the nerdy tech mogul who was just Dane DeHaan, uh, but not <laughs> yes, him. Yeah. And I thought he was just awful. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what's his name? Logan something? Logan Green? Marshall Green. Logan Marshall Green. Fantastic just body movements. Yeah. When he's letting STEM control his body, he did it so like mechanically and Mm -hmm. yeah you're right it looked like he didn't want to fight these people and he wasn't really doing it yeah and that sort of performance was just just great yeah um but yeah all the other performance was terrible um i don't know if it was because of the actors or because of the script the script might have been part of the problem but the actors weren't great either uh his wife was god awful atrocious Um, i made a pizza yeah Um, this movie felt like they wrote the second and third act, then they're like, ah, oh, shit, we gotta, we gotta write a first act, too. <laughs> and it was just attached. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the value Tom Hardy just killed it. Yeah, he was outstanding, and I, I, I don't know if the value Tom Hardy, the discount Tom Hardy thing is meant as, uh, as an attack on it's his, not. as no. his skills as an actor, or if it's just because, like, he doesn't have the star power at this point, but honestly... I think he is as good of an actor as Tom Hardy is. I agree. The invitation was fantastic. Yeah. And he was amazing at it. Yeah. Yeah, this guy, I think, is going to be in, in more popular stuff than Ford. Yeah. Uh, he, he, someone tweeted at him and was like, can we get Logan Marshall Green in the MCU? And he was, uh, he was, uh, he was like a role player in the Spider-Man Homecoming movie as like one of Michael Keaton's yep. henchmen. Mm-hmm. And I think Michael Keaton, like, kills him um yeah, pretty quickly and and he like he responded to the tweet from from whoever sent him that and he's like well don't watch spider-man homecoming if that's what you think <laughs> <laughs> uh i what back to that's hilarious back to the movie um before i lose my thought about the te- the technology i kind of liked how nothing in the movie was seemed like too far off like technically aside from some stuff that we'll talk about in spoilers all the tech i was like this is like 10 years out 20 years out mm-hmm. um and even the biotech stuff like i could see happening in oh, a yeah. lifetime um yeah. so it kind of painted a pretty real picture of what could go wrong but i didn't think it was too preachy i, I didn't get that like you did i think or you think they were con- like you were confused on what they were trying to say or were they being anti-tech or not no i knew yeah. that they i i'm like I had a feeling the entire time they were being anti-tech, just based. I didn't off... think there was a message. I just thought it was a movie. Like oh. they just had this we'll, idea and they we'll, just wrote it. We'll talk about it in spoilers. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, I just I just didn't like it, and I. 
like it, it, it's entertaining enough at times, but it just feels again, it just feels confused. Like figure out what you want to be, lean into that B movie side of it, or like lean into the action side of it, or lean into like the the humorous side of it, or combine them. But don't like rely on the serious aspect and like try and make it like. God, I, don't I will know. say, was... I I think I agree with you that they didn't pick anything and go with it. But I liked that it was multiple things. Um, and I think they would have done more with the action had they had a bigger budget. Yeah, it had five million dollars compared to like something like John Wick, which I looked up and had thirty million. Yeah, and I, honestly, you you have to admit the fight scenes were very unique. Oh, the fight scenes were filmed great, yeah. as far as direction and choreography reminded me of early Matrix, like the first Matrix, just hand to hand, like yeah, like fast and some of the direction and some of the shots, the camera tracking when Stem was taking over, incredible stuff. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. Just um, too little. I wanted so much more of that. <laughs> um, I don't really have anything else to say about this without spoiling anything. No. Um. Let's go into spoilers, uh, but we have to grades. First. Grades first. Yeah, grades first. Yeah. Uh, I'll go first because I liked it, yep. and then you can poop on it. Yep. Uh, I'll give it a B plus. I really liked it. I had a lot of fun with it, and I thought if we got a little bit more budget, I'd love to see way more of those fight scenes because they were awesome. The creative right. kills, the performances, um, at least from the lead, and just the general world building that they did on technology that seems like it could be twenty years from now. I really enjoyed. Um, I think it gets a C plus. Same thing as Solo. Um, Equal entertainment value. That's about it. Yeah. Okay. Just a little cool. disappointed. I would have liked something a little bit different or a little bit more straightforward. Uh, all, all right. right. So that is it for upgrade non-spoilers. Time for upgrade spoilers review. Uh, I want to start with a quick comment from Reddit. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you saw it. It was the top comment that was on the movie discussion thread. It says, so this movie is about an ordinary guy who gains a voice in his head that gives him incredible abilities but pushes him towards extreme violence against those he believes have wronged him. Along the way, said voice starts asserting more and more control while showing itself to be far more malevolent than it initially lets on. Sorry, Tom Hardy. Someone who looks exactly like you just made the best possible Venom movie. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that. It's very that. true yeah, when you it think is, about it. Yeah. It's almost the exact same plot as Venom. Yeah. Um, just with a uh, chip instead of a symbiote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I Did you like the detective Character. No, she was awful. Yeah, she was bad. She plants Did, a listening device in his jacket, which is illegal unless she had a warrant, which they didn't put that on the screen. I uh I did not like just the entire like detective subplot. Like I understand like why it had to be in there, but just like felt like they they put it in to have him like have some sort of like moral compass at the end. Is like right. so like you you believe that he has a moral compass even though I felt like he was showing it without like trying to attack her anyways yeah. they just like kind of felt like she was only in there or like that detective plot was only in there just so they could have that that sort of feeling at the end which mm-hmm. was just like come on and some of the writing and the entire first act the first act I thought was bad and it was just very exposition dumpy and he turned mm-hmm. into the generic guy in the wheelchair who lost his legs at one point the detective goes. You know, I, I really could use your help on, yeah. you know, on, on finding these guys. He's like, well, I'm in a wheelchair, so how would I help? And I was just like, that's the best <laughs> you could come up with? Okay. It was really slow. I don't know. I was getting, like, I was kind of hungover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Asleep. It definitely dragged a little bit. Um, I, I didn't understand, like, this technology is so advanced in certain cases but then they have like this drone 
that just is shooting grainy ass footage and like why like they said like the cops were called and were coming and they had the drone there why did the cops like take forever to get there and then how do these dudes just somehow slip away within like two seconds like i was yeah they were at (laughs) the end of like a pier yeah (laughs) how did they get away uh yeah and then of course they do the i'm gonna enhance the footage for you you know it's it's too grainy for the cops but stem can go in and regenerate yeah, the the tattoo all the way down to seeing yeah. exactly what digits yeah. are around. That was a cool ta- like come on, that, that just turned into yeah. enhanced. That was that a cool scene CSI. though of him like drawing it. Um, granted, the way yeah. that he was drawing it was that how you draw and stem. Yeah. Stem was really cool. Well, it <laughs> would guess. be yeah, if yeah. stem was controlling yeah. about it like, there, like another a dot thing matrix that I like, yeah. okay, I'm suspending my disbelief for this movie, but. Like stem doesn't automatically make him super strong and powerful. Like he doesn't obviously he like yeah he can be faster and have better reflexes. Yeah, he was throwing. Yeah, he's not a superhero feet. just because he has stem in him. It's still his body. Maybe, and this is the only <laughs> way I can put, wrap my head around this. Like you know how if I asked you to throw mm-hmm. me against the wall right now, you wouldn't really know how to do it very effectively. Maybe stem knows exactly where to place his hand, exactly how to like yeah, lean. Maybe, I don't maybe, know. That's maybe, the only maybe. thing I can think of is like he's AI and he sees the optimal situation on how to throw this man. But yeah, he was he turned into like Thor. <laughs> what did you? Th- how did your audience respond on oh. his first kill? Because there were ten. 12 other people in the audience and they just all they were laughing and stem was kind of making jokes and it was oh he's reluctant and then the first kill in my audience goes oh there, there was uh there was a mixed bag first off there was a family um it was a mom and a dad and their two young sons that came into the movie um and sat like like the front row of like the first the back section and uh and i was just very interested in like what was going on with that with those children during this movie um but yeah no when that happened there were there were gasps and they were like oh shit but then people started laughing too people were like oh that's okay um and then that sort of like like that scene felt like it was setting the tone and setting the vibe after sort of like the slow first act first 30 minutes but then it didn't really feel like it leaned into that and that's again like part of my problem yeah, I think the only other gory part we got was the shotgun to the face. I didn't even think the carving up the guy in the bathroom was that gory. It yeah. just was like a gl- gl- yeah. glossy, bloody face. I think it would have been better if they leaned and into I, it and I took don't his think ear that off. they yeah they and they didn't even really lean into the uh, to the humorous aspect of of him fighting after that. I, I guess when he was cutting up the face, that was like the only other time. But after that, it wasn't really like that at any point. Yeah, the only thing I can remember is Stem. Uh, the guy was thinking, he's like, just give me a second, Stem. Yeah, like, yeah. One second has passed. Yeah. That got a laugh. And then he's like, he's got a knife. We have a knife. But there really wasn't yeah. much more after um, that. I was confused about the whole Cobalt thing that, like, his wife worked for that company. And, like, it felt like they were trying to tie that in, mm-hmm. but then it, like, wasn't tied in. But it kind of was because, like, it was the technology and the bad guys. But they, like, I was so confused how that worked out. I kind of don't even remember that. I thought, wasn't it Vessel was the technology, the company that stem. had the stem in them? And Cobalt was his yeah. wife's? Oh, no. Never mind. I get it. Nah, my bad. Uh, Cobalt was the one that had the technology in, like, these bad guys. 
um, and STEM, part of the whole plan that we find out at the end was like, this was all STEM's plan. Um, STEM wanted it to happen so he could kill, I think, those Cobalt guys because they were like advanced yes. technology. Yes. Sort of like him. Okay, so I get that. All right. But not fully conscious no. and like fully no, not operational. Like, not like... Even though, even though I want to give you my biggest problem with the movie, like this guy sneezes out bugs that have knives on them that go into the bartender's head and yeah it was like some like he he can just randomly sneeze out nanotechnology that will shoot directly into like where he wants it to go it's like why didn't he just do that the entire time yeah and and just that that pedophile mustache twerp as a villain was my biggest problem with the movie yes i now see that stem was the villain but I was just rolling my eyes when this guy was on the screen. You got Dane DeHaan basically rip off uh, value Dane DeHaan as like I guess another subvillain. Yeah. But yeah, there just really wasn't a threat this movie. Yeah. Um I it just it just it just it just it just lacked for me. It just lacked. Keep in mind the limit. I budget. I don't care. The thing is like there's smart things about the script. There are smart things in the yeah. script, but then like there why are, yeah. like if like you're smart enough to do that, why can't you just make some better dialogue and make make it a little bit better of a payoff and like come on. Yeah, I mean, I think they had this idea and they built the movie around the idea yeah. and they didn't land on everything else. Yeah. I'm just I'm just sick of these movies that are like AI is bad. We need to be weary of like how much we let technology into our lives and how much we use technology and how it can help us out and how we shouldn't let it let us help us out too much. And it's just like I'm sick of that. Do you message. think I get, uh, I get it? Like, do you think GM, Ford, Chevy, Lyft, Uber, Google, Waymo are watching that uh, that car scene where it gets hacked and crashes and kill essentially crashes at that bay in the beginning yeah. and then also on the pretty boring chase scene uh, another car gets hacked and they're just like having n- flashes of like this could actually happen this is our worst nightmare yeah they have um, to be <laughs> let's talk about the ending I guess do you have uh, much going on or else, else you want to talk no, about until no, that not really not okay. really I went through a roller coaster of emotions at the end there yeah the ending was like a quadruple <laughs> twist it was it was four yeah. twists uh I went with a buddy of mine, and when the Dane DeHaan ripoff was essentially kind of being revealed as the villain, I go, didn't see that coming, <laughs> all, like, yeah. cocky and arrogantly. But then it turned out he wasn't really bad, and it was just Stem manipulating yeah. him. I also, well, I don't understand, why didn't um, why didn't Stem just use his body as, like, his human body? Why did he need Logan Marshall Green's body? Because, like, like, Stem was in Dane DeHaan. Was yeah. He? Who put it in there? Dane DeHaan, I'm pretty sure. Dane DeHaan put it in his on his own yeah. back, sur- surgically. He was like Stem was feeding him the lines to say to Logan Marshall Green and all that shit. Yeah. Was he? I thought I thought that was like through a speaker in his home. I thought he was being manipulated, like via a freaking Alexa speaker or something. But like he, but why would why would Dane DeHaan go through all of that if like he wasn't being controlled by Stem? You know. I don't know. Yeah. 
All I all I got from it is somehow he was manipulated, not that he was controlled. Yeah, but how would be? Why would he be manipulated without like? I don't know. I've hacked your bank account, and I'll take all your money if you. I'll delete all your hard drive data. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't get that. I could be completely wrong, but I don't think it matters that much. Um. So anything else on that flip flop? Because there's another no, flip-flop not that flip flop we got to discuss. No. So I was super pissed when I thought they were going, this was all a yeah. dream route. I was going to flip a table did, over. Did you think it was all a dream, or did you think that in the one scene when Logan Marshall Green goes to the hacker, did you think, because there's, there's a little moment where you see him crawling away and VR, he looks up at yeah. the VR, and like for a second I thought he was going to be like in the VR, and that's what I thought was going on, and that's what I thought they were doing. And then, I mean, without regardless, they twisted my mind anyways. Yeah, I was just mad that they were going to give him a happy yeah. ending and like somehow reunite him with his wife. Uh, but then they went with the really depressing and dark ending, and that kind of saved the movie for me. I really, really liked the ending. Yeah, you don't get too many movies that go full on depressing and yeah. dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I like it too. Although in a way, is it depressing because technically he ended up where he wanted to be? That's all he wanted, and if he doesn't know the difference, does it matter? That is a famous line from Westworld, and uh, I agree with you. I mean, he's where he, I think Stem actually says he's where he wants yeah. to be. Uh, where do they go from here? I think up like upgrade V two could happen. What what well, would they do? Well, because yeah, I don't know what it would who's be. the protagonist? No one. Because <laughs> whoever can would it be him fighting inside his head I, internally? Like he yeah. doesn't want to get out. Yeah, I I don't know. I will. Uh, he did kind of have a couple looks. Logan Marshall Green did uh, in that sort of like dream sequence, whatever, where it looked like he was wasn't entirely sure that like this was. Right. Yeah, where he's yeah. kind of like. I like this, and maybe I'll mess around yeah. in here for a while. But I know this isn't real, and yeah. time to bust yeah. out. And they, they, but who would he fight? Would he, it would be an internal? Yeah, it conflict. would be. It would be all internal, and they kind of showed it in whatever, like in the final scene where, like, he kind of has some control over himself if he really like asserts himself. Um, yeah. But like, well, what are we gonna watch? Thirty minutes of him fighting his own arm, struggling <laughs> yeah. his arm. Just, yeah, like his ar- yeah. arm wrestling his other arm, <laughs> just. <sighs> um. The only thing I can think of is just put more bodies for him to fight. Yeah. You know, um, he regains control, and now there's an army of STEM, and he has to take down the the next nerd boss. It, uh, but I I wouldn't be surprised if a sequel's greenlit because this had a pretty small budget and brought in surprising box office numbers. I believe. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be surprised if it's greenlit, but I don't think that they can replicate what this movie was and what made it, I guess, as good as at least you think it is, and the good parts that I liked about it. I don't think they can redo that. Um, as a continuation of this story, so I'd hope that they yep. don't, but they probably will. I want them to. <laughs> I want more fight scenes filmed like that. That was yeah. so cool. All the, like, fixed yeah. tracking and stuff like that. It, it reminded <clears throat> me of Game Night, kind yeah. of, in that I was really surprised by the yeah. direction and the the, cinemat- and the, the camera yeah. work. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. I have two Easter eggs that I saw on mm, Reddit. So... Um, when he goes to the hacker's apartment building, one of the buzzers says Jay Wan next to it. And that's because the director-writer has worked a lot with James ah, Wan. Yes. Uh, um, the second one was Billy the Puppet, who is the Saw Puppet. There was Billy the Puppet graffiti on the wall in that same building. It was the middle of the chase scene, blinking to miss it. So two little throwbacks. Oh, look at that. To his time little, with little, Saw little, and Billy the Puppet. friend action there. How kind. I want to play How kind. Uh, all right. So that is it for review of Upgrade. Grades again, I gave it B a plus. C plus, and he gave it a B plus. So yeah, it can be a fun time. Let me say, 
perfect movie pass movie. Yes. That is that is accurate. Boom! This is a great movie pass. How movie. much would that have affected your grade if you paid $14 for a matinee showing? Would you have given it a C minus D plus because you paid money I for it? I would have given it. Like, I would probably I don't given it like a C minus up to like in between a C minus and a C is probably what I would have given it. Yeah, so, yes, so it helped. What you pay for the yeah. movie is uh, is affecting yeah. your rating. Yeah, I, I hear you. Perfect weekend movie pass movie. Just remember, it was definitely. Uh, all right, that is it for the review. That's it for this week's episode. Next week we'll be back with a review of Ocean's Eight. Hope we were hopefully maybe going to do Hereditary as well, but I don't think I'm going to have time to see it. I also need to find someone or people to go see it with because there's no way I'm hell I'm seeing that movie. Don't alone. be a wuss. No Are way. you kidding I'm, me? I'm going to have to go I'm, alone. No I'm one's not going alone, me. man. I'm not doing oh it. Oh my god, dude, that trailer. You love scary that trailer movies. haunted me for like three straight nights. I had trouble sleeping oh for like three god. nights. Oh my god, it looks so disturbing. It's not real. <laughs> I don't care. It looks disturbing. <laughs> Um, but I'm pumped, so hopefully we'll probably review Hereditary within the next two weeks. But next week is for sure Ocean's 8. Remember to... With maybe a guest. with maybe a guest. Yes, maybe maybe, Maybe maybe a guest. guest. Um, remember to like, comment, subscribe, share, review on wherever you find this, uh, and whatever podcasting platform you're listening on. Uh, go to glitchflip.com slash support if you want to support us. Go to glitchflip.com slash feedback if you want to give us some feedback anonymously so we don't know it's you, so you can rip us apart if you want. Um, and remember to tune back in next week. Check us out on social media, glitchup underscore on Instagram and Twitter, glitchupweb on Facebook. Give us a like, give us a share, give us a shout. And yes, please rate and review the podcast. It really helps. It really, really helps. Thanks. Thanks.